It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Before we jump into today's Locked On Reds podcast, I wanted to let you know that you should check out the Locked On MLB podcast after we're done with today's show. Host Paul Francis Sullivan, please call him Sully, has a wealth of baseball knowledge, whether it be present or past, and he imparts that to you each and every day. You can find the Locked On MLB podcast on this app or wherever you get your podcasts, so go check it out. You are Locked On Reds, your daily Cincinnati Reds podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is going on, Reds fans? Welcome in to the Locked On Reds podcast. Thank you so much for joining me today. I've got some big news for you. I'm very excited to give you this news today here on the podcast. It, Yeah, no, no, I know. I know the Reds just got swept in four games. We're going to talk about that. Don't get me wrong. We're going to get into all of that here in just a minute. But we have got to start off with this big news because I'm excited. I'm busting. Today is the last day that the Locked On Reds podcast will be audio only. Starting tomorrow, we're adding video, baby. That's right. You're going to get to see my nice smiling face after every Reds game, whether they win or lose, because I'm delirious when it comes to this Reds team. Going to be bringing you news and information, and you can watch my reactions Awesome. We've got a YouTube channel that's coming up. Just the Locked On Reds YouTube channel. There should be, hopefully, a trailer. By the time you listen to this, there'll be a trailer up there, a clip, and then tomorrow, the first ever full episode. You're going to get to see me and my face made for radio. All right, let's talk about this Reds Padres series that we all really hoped was going to go a lot better than that. The Reds got swept in four games, in case you... Didn't know, and they followed up the dramatic six to four loss on Thursday night by losing the next three games. We talked about how deflating that felt as fans, and we were just hoping that it wasn't imparted onto the players. Though in C. Trent Rosecrans' piece today for The Athletic, he wraps up the weekend series by talking about how Tyler Stevenson, even on Sunday morning, was still kind of feeling the effects and still kind of placing blame on himself for that collapse because he was the catcher behind the plate. And and it's silly because it wasn't any one player's fault. There were a couple of relievers that came in and blew it. And that's just basically how it stood. But when you look at this series, each and every game had something wrong with it. Of course, number one was the bullpen. Number one, for the most part, uh, the lineup was so quiet until the ninth inning, you were ready to place the blame on the lineup. Then the lineup got the job done, and then the bullpen blew it. And then on Friday, it was just a systemic failure of pitching. And then Saturday was defense, lots and lots of bad defense. And then Sunday, they didn't want to hit. So you put all that together and you don't get a win. And the Reds are now back to 535 and 35, which to be honest with you, if you lay the cards on the table and you say that they haven't had their best stuff from Luis Castillo and Sonny Gray 
all year. Luis Castillo actually had a nice performance on Sunday. Sure, he gave up those three runs, but you'll take a start of three runs or less every time out from just about any pitcher, even if he is your ace. He just didn't get any run support until the very last in the eighth inning when the Reds tried to come back, but it was too little too late. But for the most part this season, you've had struggles from your two guys who are ace 1A and 1B. You've not had Mike Moustakis and Nixon Zell in the lineup for a majority of the season. You've had Joey Votto miss time. You've had some other players miss time in the lineup. You've had injuries all over the bullpen. TJ Antone is hopefully going to be back on Tuesday, pitched a bullpen session on Sunday, and all signs point to a Tuesday return. And you haven't had Michael Lorenzen at all this year. So when you add all of that up and you say that the Reds are still 500, the Reds are four games out of the division, you're saying, okay, that's not terrible. We like them to be in a better spot. We want them to be better than 500 because 500 is not going to win this division. I don't think that much past 500 will win this division. I don't think we're looking at a team like even as good as the Cubs have been here recently. That's been every team so far. There's been stretches where the Brewers look like the team that's going to run away. There's been stretches where the Cardinals look like the team that's going to run away. And the Reds were in first place at one point, too. It's just going to be if you had like a time lapse bar graph or something like that, and you had the four teams because we're no nobody cares about the Pirates. They're going to be way out of this. They're already way out of this. They're going to be even further out of this by the time we even get to the All Star break, much less the end of the season. So whatever, it's four team race for the top. And if you had a bar graph for each team, you know, you had like a red one for the Reds, you had a blue one for the Cubs, a yellow one for the Brewers, and who cares about the Cardinal for the Cardinals colors because they suck. But if they had a bar graph for all of that, it would just be constantly going up and down for each and every team. That's the way this season is going to go. So yes, I hate the fact that the Reds got swept in four games. But I'm not sitting here and pre- preaching doom and gloom because just before that, they had a six-game win streak. And now they have an opportunity that if they win tonight and they win tomorrow night, as they're in Minnesota, we'll preview this series here coming up in a little bit. But if they win these two games, guess what? They got a winning road trip, five and four. You'll take that, especially when part of that road trip includes the very last time this season, the Reds are going to go out West. That's right. Everyone celebrate. It's over for 2021. The Reds no longer have to do any more West Coast road trips. It's amazing that it's already over this early in the season that they don't have to go out West. So, but that's done. You don't have to do the stressful stuff. You're done with the bugaboo that has always been for as long as I've been alive. And probably as long as anyone who's listening to this podcast has been alive, the Reds hit going out West. Insert team here, big red machine, 1990 world series team, inept teams from the late 2000 teens, all this other stuff. No, nobody likes going out West. So, what happened? They went out west and they got swept. All right. They can pick themselves up. There's plenty of games left. And we're talking about... So, okay, T.J. Antone's back on Tuesday. There were two other injury updates. So, Mike Moustakis gets moved to the 60-day injured list. And whenever they were talking about... I, I, I remember when they talked about, oh, heel contusion this, heel contusion that. But then I saw somebody say, yeah, he also tore his plantar fascia. 
which I was like, okay, first of all, what is that? And so I asked my wife who has all the medical knowledge in the world. And she's like, yeah, it's like a tendon that connects your heel to your toe. And I'm like, oh, that's bad. He's not coming back anytime soon. So that's not unexpected. But he is eligible to come off the injured list the day after Nick Senzel is eligible to come off the injured list. July 17th for Senzel, July 18th for Moustakis. And we actually had an update on Michael Lorenzen. He exists. And they say that he's coming back after the All-Star break, which was interesting because he responded to that on Twitter with a crying face emoji and not a crying laughing face emoji, but a crying like tear, one tear coming down. And the one that it looks like the mad. I, okay. So I, I don't speak emoji. I, I don't know what the, the steam coming out the nose. Does that mean he's mad? I think that anyway, and in my estimation, it looks like he's mad. So he wasn't happy about that. He, I guess he thinks he could have come back sooner, but you look at the all-star break and you say, if they can get there, where they are now, maybe a little bit above 500, and remain as close to first place as they have been here in this last 10 days or so, we might be in business. Because you're also probably at that point talking about a healthy Jeff Hoffman being in the bullpen or being in the rotation, whatever form. Like it, It'll be nice, and I know Jeff Hoffman's not a guy that we want them to rely on every fifth day, but if you're telling me that they can fill the back of rotation with a healthy Vladimir Gutierrez, a healthy Tony Santion, and a healthy Jeff Hoffman, then that means they have depth, which is something they haven't had all year. So if they can get the rotation healthy and Sonny Gray being back and all that stuff, you can look at the end of the All-Star break and say, all right, it's time to go on a run now, and they're going to have people healthy back to do it. Hopefully, the return timeline for Senzel and Moustakis aren't overly optimistic because... David Bell has been known to be overly optimistic in the past. But yes, I look at this four-game sweep in San Diego, and as much as it sucks, I still think that there's plenty to be excited about with this team. This team is not done. This team is far from done. It has plenty of talent and plenty of like likable guys. Like how many, how many teams in the last 20 years? Let's go all the way back to 1999. Stupid Al Leiter, screw you. That team was amazing. So many likable guys on that team. 2010 had some likable guys. Has there been a team as likable as this year's in the last 20 years? And in fact, let's go all the way back to 1995. Sure, they, they were successful, but the, the story's not over with this team. There's so many likable guys on this team. And hopefully they can put it all together as they get healthy. We're going to talk a little bit more. I, I got two guys that I want to look at, both Rooks, by the way. We're going to talk about them here in just a minute. Before we get into that, though, I wanted to let you know that, that we're all trying to get in shape and eat right. Freshly can help. Their delicious meals are designed by nutritionists and cooked by chefs, making it easier to eat better. Freshly offers chef-made, nutrient-packed, delicious meals delivered fresh to your door. There is no cooking required. Grocery shopping and cooking can be a pain, especially right now. And with Freshly, you don't have to. Your meals arrive cooked and fresh every day so you can keep your fridge stocked and skip the trip to the store. Right now, 
Freshly is offering my listeners $40 off your first two orders when you go to Freshly.com slash locked on. Stop stressing about dinner. Go to Freshly.com slash locked on for $40 off your first two orders. Your meals are always delivered fresh, never frozen, and are ready to heat and enjoy in just three minutes. That's Freshly.com slash locked on for $40 off your first two orders. And savings and investments are important. Long-term savings goals need to be met. You understand this, but whenever people are talking about bears and bulls, you think they're talking about teams from Chicago. If you're like this, you should check out Wealthfront. Wealthfront can help you manage your money and grow your savings. What they do is they take your money, they put them into a portfolio of diversified low-cost index funds and help you grow your savings. There's no day trading. There's no monitoring the stock market on a hour by hour basis. No, none of that because you set preferences and Wealthfront handles the rest. Go to Wealthfront.com slash MLB to get your first $5,000 managed for free for life. All you need is $500 to get started. Wealthfront has been entrusted with over $20 billion of assets, and they can help you grow your savings as well. Check out Wealthfront.com slash MLB today to get your first $5,000 managed for free for life and start growing your savings with Wealthfront today. One of the best things about this 2021 Reds team is the dynamic of vets and rooks. Rookies who are just trying to prove that they belong and that they are talented enough for people to invest in the future of this team who are also mixed with some wily vets who just want to win. Guys who maybe like Mike Moustakas have had some past successes or guys like Nick Castellanos and Joey Votto who want that reign, who want that taste of playoff winning baseball. And the mix has been fantastic because the rookies that have been brought up have been not only entertaining, but also pretty darn good. When you look at the two of them that I'm talking about, everybody always talks about these guys. Like whenever they were on the Fox national broadcast, they were gushing about Jonathan India and Tyler Stevenson. And for good reason, both guys have been absolute huge contributors to this team. You've got Stevenson's 143 at bats to Jonathan India's 190 at bats. And who really thought that I mean, maybe Stevenson, but for Jonathan India, who thought you were going to see that much of him? And in in those 190 at-bats, he has an OPS, and his plate appearances at 230, his OPS is 776, which isn't amazing, but at the same token, in his first season ever in the big leagues is pretty awesome, especially with the fact he's getting on base a tick over 37 percent of the time and I also look at him the thing that really gets me is how good he has been from the leadoff position because whenever uh, the Reds kind of tried out a bunch of different guys there this year so far I mean it's you know we've not even been halfway through the season and we've seen plenty of leadoff guys Jonathan India for my money has been the best one 268 batting average in 56 at bats. He's also getting on base just barely under 40% of the time. His OPS is 826 as a leadoff hitter. And just coming from a rookie, you don't expect that. I mean, we, we kind of thought that whenever Billy Hamilton came up 
years ago. He was going to be the leadoff hitter to set the world on fire, but he never got on base. Jonathan India is absolutely awesome. And I know it's a small sample size, but... I mean, Jonathan India isn't that far off from Shinsu Chu. Remember Shinsu Chu in 2013? 432 on base percentage out of the leadoff spot. That was amazing, right? I mean, when we think about some of the best leadoff hitters in recent memory for the Reds, Shinsu Chu is at the top of that list. Jonathan India is not that far off as a rookie. Imagine as he gets better. I mean, that's just a fantastic thought. And then with Tyler Stevenson, his value has been the ability to platoon with Tucker Barnhart. Since Tucker went lefty only and dropped the whole switch hit idea, they've really tried to limit his at-bats against lefties because left-handed pitchers have kind of had their way with Tucker. But he's been good against righties. Conversely, Tyler Stevenson's ability to hit lefties, where he hasn't had a ton because they haven't faced a ton of lefties, he has 49 total plate appearances against them, he's got a 947 OPS, three homers in 45 at-bats against left-handed pitchers this season. And overall, even against righties, lefties, what have you, Tyler Stevenson's poise at the plate is so impressive you look at him and you don't think he's a rookie. If not for the fact that you've only seen Stevenson in the lineup for the last two years and with 2020 being such a shortened season, he still has rookie status attached to him. It's just so impressive to watch a Stevenson at bat. He doesn't get cheated. I mean, he might have like a pitch or two here or there where he looks at it and an umpire errantly calls it a strike. And so he'll kind of give the umpire a side eye and be like, uh, what are you talking about? But hey, for this season, he has a 113 OPS plus. So he's well above average so far as hitters are concerned. And then when you look at the OPS plus for Jonathan India, he's right there as well. He's at 104, a little bit lower than Tyler Stevenson but he's above average. Two rookies who are making huge impacts on this lineup, and you love having them in the lineup each and every day. That was one of the seminal points in that Thursday night game was the fact that they're back-to-back at-bats. Tyler Stevenson just working a long at-bat against Mark Melanson and getting a hit, and then followed up by Jonathan India swinging at a first pitch and drilling it over the left field wall for the go-ahead home run. That I, I mean, imagine if they'd have won that game. That would that would just would have been so awesome. But those are things that you can build on for the season. Like once the sting of that loss subsides, which I'm sure probably on the plane ride to Minnesota, these guys got over that. They're going to be like, you know what? We can do this. We can hang with these guys. They have proven that they are going to be huge assets for the Reds moving forward. And by the way, shout out, and some people always try to reference this, and they are absolutely right for doing so. There were some folks, and in fact, I was kind of on this train as well, on the trade Jonathan India bandwagon this past offseason, because I really approached it more from the standpoint of I thought he could bring back value. So much more than, you know, I I don't think he's ever going to pan out. I never thought that, but I thought he was going to bring back value. I was still totally wrong. And I'm so glad that I was totally wrong on that take. I know that freezing cold takes really doesn't monitor Cincinnati Reds takes, but if they did, they would have had a field day with how good Jonathan India has been this year. 
because there were so many people that wanted to trade him. And now we look at him almost as an untouchable dude for the future who can anchor this lineup at the top for a while to come. So I, I don't know. I, I think about Jonathan India and how he could be a huge catalyst for this lineup. We always thought that Tyler Stevenson was going to be that guy. And I really had high hopes that he was going to be like a cleanup hitter for them in the future. I didn't think the future was going to be now. He has been a very solid cleanup hitter for the Reds this season. In fact, you want to talk about impressive numbers, and again, I know, small sample size, but in 63 plate appearances, batting from the cleanup spot, John, or, uh, Tyler Stevenson has an 887 OPS. He gets on base almost 43% of the time. Sure, you'd love to see some more power. He's got four doubles and two homers, but he is still proving to be a great guy out of that cleanup spot, and there's plenty of room for him to grow. And I mentioned at the beginning Wiley Vets. There was something I was looking at. The last 20 games that Joey Votto has played have been pretty impressive. 262 batting average, 869 OPS. He's got four homers and 19 RBIs in those 20 games and mostly hitting out of that fifth spot. Who saw that coming? Ooh. I think I called it that the most optimal Reds lineup would have him in the fifth spot. Now, I didn't think that that would include having A. Eugenio Suarez batting sixth to hopefully never because Suarez still hasn't figured it out. Man, I thought he was back. And I didn't think that that would also include Jonathan Indy in the leadoff spot, but nonetheless, Joey's worked out of that fifth spot. And he's, I mean, you know, you don't have the typical walks to strikeout split that Joey Votto had in the past, but he mentioned that in order to be more dangerous, he had to be more aggressive. He still has 11 walks to 20 strikeouts. It's not as if he's not walking. It's just he swings at more pitches nowadays. Still getting on base 37, almost 38% of the time, and his slugging is just a tick under 500. I mean, Joey has had a renaissance of recently. He's never going to be. And for, for everyone that wants to compare him to 2017 Joey Votto or years past, he's never going to be that guy again. That guy could do whatever he wanted at the plate. He didn't have to focus on one aspect of his game and augment it. This Joey is getting later on in his career. I mean, we are talking about a dude who's been in the league for a long time, 13 years. But it's just nice to say with some degree of certainty and emphasis that Joey still bangs. All right, coming up here, we're going to preview this Twins-Reds matchup here on a Monday night at Target Field. The Twins are 11 games under 500. We'll see if the Reds can end the road trip in a winning fashion. Before we talk about that, though, I want to tell you, I mean, I've been telling you so much about Built Bar for so long that you should have already tried it. If you haven't already tried it, what are you waiting for? There are nine delicious flavors that they have to offer. It's coconut, coconut, almond, cherry, raspberry, mint brownie, peanut butter brownie, double chocolate, and salted caramel. There is something for everyone, no matter what your taste is. Plus, they've always got limited flavors that they're rolling in and rolling out. They are amazing. And if you're like me and you're a stats guy, they've got amazing stats too. Most of their flavors 
have 17 grams of protein, only 130 calories, just four grams of sugar, and four grams of net carbs. Some of them get up to even 18 grams of protein. They are amazing. You got to check them out at BuiltBar.com and use the promo code LOCKED15. You'll save 15% off your next order. That's BuiltBar.com and the promo code LOCKED15. The Reds begin a very short two-game series in Minnesota tonight. Would have been nice had they been able to flip that, play four games in Minnesota and only two games in San Diego, because then I think the damage would have been completely flipped and we would have been feeling really awesome about this road trip. But these two games are totally Winnable. Now, the Twins do have some big boppers in their lineup, which the Reds pitchers are going to have to work around. But here's some good news. Starting the series tonight, it's a Tyler Molly night. Molly's been fantastic this season. He's really only had two bad starts, one against the Cubs and one against the Giants. And outside of that, he's allowed two earned runs or more once. That was against Colorado. And that was a game that was well in hand. He was kind of pitching kind of free and easy there at the end of the game. His last start against the Brewers, phenomenal. 107 pitches in six innings. You like to see a little bit more pitch efficiency, but holy cow, 12 strikeouts. He tied a career high with that number, 12 strikeouts to two walks. He did allow three hits and one earned run. We'll see if he can improve on that. It's going to be hard. Maybe go a little bit longer into the game tonight. But, I mean, we're talking about just a fantastic year for him. The Reds are 11-3 in his 14 starts this year. That's how good Tyler Malley has been. And like I said, he's really only had those two bad starts, the one against the Cubs, which the Reds ended up winning. That was that crazy 13-12 game and the one against the Giants that the Reds just got absolutely waxed. They are going up against a guy who, if you remember, a couple of years ago, whenever the offseason mantra was, get the pitching, this dude was actually on some people's list for the Reds to go and get. They are up against 38-year-old lefty J.A. Happ. This year, J.A. Happ has been really good at limiting walks and really bad at everything else. He gives up a lot of hard contact. He doesn't strike people out. He doesn't get people to chase. His spin rates are low. His fastball spin is kind of slightly above average, but that's about it. And when you look at that ERA, the 6.12 ERA, according to his expected ERA, he's not really getting cheated all that much. 6.12 ERA compared to an expected ERA of 5.23. The average exit velocity against him is 90.6. So this is a dangerous game tonight for one reason. The Reds should be expected to win this game. I don't know what the score is going to be, but the Reds should be on top at the end because Tyler Malley has been an amazing pitcher this year. He should be able to limit this Twins lineup to not score very many runs. Conversely, J.A. Happ has been terrible at limiting opposing lineups to scoring runs, his expected slugging against him is 5'11". So the Reds should score runs against the Twins tonight and should get the win. That's why this is a dangerous game because I'm going to be watching it with that in mind that this is a winnable game. They should start this series off well. And when we look at that Twins lineup, 
There's really only a couple of guys that you're worried about Reds pitching facing. One of them, he just got back from the IL, and that's Byron Buxton. He's had limited playing time because of that injury, but in 107 plate appearances this year, he has an OPS of 1,174. He was doing awesome before he went on that injured list. So you're looking at him. You're also looking at, of course, Nelson Cruz. He might be 40, but this dude still bangs, and he bangs hard. 15 home runs already this year, and he's got a 932 OPS. Like, those are the two guys that you really look at, and probably Josh Donaldson as well. The numbers don't jump out at you, but Josh Donaldson is still one of the more talented players in this game. Mitch Garver, their typical everyday catcher, is on the IL, so you won't see him. You will see Luis Arias, who has some nice numbers. So when you see him first come up to bat, you're going to see that 286 batting average. But I implore you to look at the fact that he's got a 348 slugging. When he hits, he hits singles. He's got 46 hits. In total, he's got six extra base hits. Three doubles, two triples, and a homer. So he's a big singles guy if he's going to be in this lineup. But really, that's it. I mean, you're not looking at a bunch of guys that you're just going to go up and down this lineup and worry about how Tyler Malley or the bullpen or somebody like that is going to come in and get outs. You can see this being a series, a two-game set with Malley tonight and Miley tomorrow that the Reds should sweep. I'm just going to say it. That's my expectation. My expectation is two wins, and they come home with a winning road trip. And it starts tonight at 8.10 p.m. We're going to be all over it. Before we end today's podcast, I want to shout this out. Alejo Lopez. You've probably seen a little bit about him on Twitter, but down at AAA Louisville has been phenomenal. He started the year in AA. He played so well there. He got the call up to AAA. And ever since he's been called up to AAA, dude is hitting over 400 like to see him in the show sooner rather than later because there's a couple of guys on this uh, bench that I think he's already right now. Not, not as in like he will be better than them soon. No, he's already better than them right now. I'd love to see him up in the show soon because Alejo Lopez is just absolutely tearing it up for the bats, and hopefully he can tear it up for the Reds here pretty soon. And before we get out of here as well, remember I said it at the beginning of Today's podcast, but starting tomorrow, you can check out the Locked On Reds YouTube channel, and you can see my smiling face as I talk to you about the Cincinnati Reds each and every day. But that's going to do it for us here today. Thank you so much for listening to the Locked On Reds podcast. Make sure that you're following the podcast on whatever podcasting provider you're currently on. Go check out the Locked On Reds YouTube page and hit subscribe there. And follow me on Twitter at Jeff Carr with three F's and follow the show at Locked On Reds and save that Locked On Reds line number into your phone. We're going to pepper some questions throughout the week. Still going to have a Jeff's Check Mail segment on Friday, but there's some ones that I get to that kind of have some stuff to do with what's going on this week. So we're going to pepper them throughout. So get those in 513-549-0159. But that'll do it for us here today. Thanks again for downloading and listening. And I'll talk to each and every one of you and I'll see you tomorrow. Hey, Prime members. 
You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.